sending you a warm autumn welcome to the Breaking Script podcast with Lella and Nini. This is where we explore the glimmer-filled world of Hallmark movies and the occasional Asian drama. Our cinematic self-care sessions bring us even more joy this fall because we get to do this together with you. So let's get this therapeutic adventure started. Welcome back to the Breaking Script Podcast with Lella and Nini. I'm Lella. And I'm Nini. And I just wanted to say a little follow-up from our last podcast episode where we opened up with Lala sharing about her fall organizing spree. Still still going strong. Just That's letting you know. <laughs> really impressive. What room are you on now? Well, I did my office. I am currently I did a huge purge on all my clothes. And Whoa. got rid of so much stuff. And I started, I took out all my summer stuff. I put it away. And that's where I'm at today, actually. That's really impressive. I'm going to live vicariously through <laughs> you and feel relieved with you through you. <laughs> I would love to get there. For those of you who are in different place of recovery, I just wanted to share that oftentimes when we talked about our windows of tolerance and traffic lights of tolerance, mm-hmm. <laughs> to share a funny story, I have this coach that I was working with, really a friend, but it was a coaching experience. And he was like, okay, so how about today we just clear off one dresser? <laughs> <laughs> just organize just one dresser. And he was like, mm-hmm. he saw my eyes like glaze over and I'm like headed right through the yellow zones into the red. <laughs> I'm in complete freeze mode. He's like, okay, okay, okay. It's okay. It's okay. Micro shifts, people. Micro actions. We're not even talking baby steps. Have you ever seen that movie? What about Bob? No. Oh my goodness. Hilarious. Bill I'll McMurray. put it on the list. <laughs> it's so funny. Because he goes to, no. I don't know if this is a spoiler, counts as a spoiler alert, but he um, has all these phobias and he goes to a psychologist, but he ends up driving the psychologist so crazy and like ruins his life. And then he becomes a psychologist. It's hilarious. But he, it, that's what where Baby Steps became famous mm. because he's like Baby Steps to the elevator, Baby Steps to the door. But anyways, <laughs> so I talk to myself like that all the time with Bill McMurray in my head. Um. So I couldn't even do baby steps in certain stages of my life. And I'm still there where there's certain parts of me where I'm like, okay, it's micro steps, like mm-hmm. extra, extra, extra micro steps. So like, instead of clearing out an entire dresser, I cleared off the top of the dresser. Hey, so like a this step week, is a step, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you know how you're like, I'm going to do a room a week. I was like, whoa, I can feel myself like glazing over. Like, don't compare, <laughs> Nini. Don't compare. No, it is just... My husband and I, like, that's all we have to take care of. You know what I mean? This like, is true. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So whenever somebody says that to me, I'm like, listen, I have way less stuff that I've accumulated because I have no kids. And my husband is pretty minimalist. It's just really me. So <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry. Totally different. We're totally different spots. Oh, see, you need those people in the life, your life that remind you. You're seen. You make sense. Yeah. I think that's our problem is when we go to like, what's wrong with me? No, you make sense. Ask a different question. Just get curious with where you are. So instead mm. of a room, Lala, I cleared a desk. I'm I so, so happy proud of for you. Yeah. I know. I know. 
And did you feel better after you cleared it? I so did. So thank See, the you feeling for the is the same. It doesn't matter the amount. The feeling is, is the same. <laughs> Amen. I love it. I love it so much. So let's dive into our All the Feels movie today. Yes, All the Feels with today's movie. We are covering Small Town Christmas. So, Nini, give us that plot summary. Okay. Well, first I have to say that this movie stars Ashley Newborough as Nell Phillips and Christopher Balaha as Emmett Turner. And Chris Balaha is the one I mentioned who is the male lead in a Hallmark movie where they started filming the day after Thanksgiving and the movie still premiered before Christmas. I believe that was the movie Rocky Mountain Christmas. So now that you know that tip, without further ado, I give you Small Town Christmas. Our story opens in a bright snow-covered town full of Christmas cheer and festivities. The words we hear with this nostalgic scenery go something along the lines of, she finally felt at home, peaceful, harmonious, this year would be different, this year she would open her heart to love. But then we realize this quaint homey town is only the setting of a book being read aloud by our heroine, Nell Phillips, a best-selling author doing a reading at a stale Chicago bookstore. Her next stop as this newly famous author is a TV interview where she reveals a never told before detail. She's never been to the town behind the inspiration of her writing. These were based on a hometown of a former coworker and his holiday stories from growing up in this charming small town. During the interview, we see her agent setting up one more book tour stop with an Emmett Turner, who is the owner of Paige Turner Books, who also happens to be that coworker now mentioned in her TV interview. Upon completing said TV interview, Nell's agent Caroline reveals just one more last book tour stop will be, wait for it, Springdale, Wisconsin, the real town that inspired her Dairyville storybook setting. And guess what? She even talked to her former coworker Emmett, who owns the bookstore while she will be doing the book reading and signing. And she used to have a book club appearance, and she even was signed up for the gingerbread contest. Nell reveals to Caroline that back when she was working with Emmett, they had a connection. He was the first one she ever opened up to about her parents, about everything. They were about to go on their first date, which Emmett had big plans for, but he never showed. And she texted him for days, but never heard from him again. He didn't come to work the next day and just abruptly disappeared from her life. End of story. Caroline rolls her eyes and says, I know you use that phrase so often, they should put it on your tombstone. We meet Emmett Turner, who is responsible for the logistics of Springdale's Kringle Fest that involves a secret Santa exchange, a tree lighting, a gingerbread contest, and so much more. As he's planning, we meet a little girl who is an overachiever that we are led to believe is his daughter. We also meet his very pregnant employee, Haley, that he clearly treats very well, and also Mayor Jenkins of Springdale. Meanwhile, Nell like <laughs> Meanwhile, Nell reluctantly flies off to the Snow Globe Hamlet, but the tiny Wisconsin airport has only one rental car left. She got the last one, but she kindly splits it with Brad, a stranded, handsome businessman who also is headed to Springdale, and they're even staying at the same inn because, well, there's only one inn in Springdale. Brad is impressed that Nell is a famous author. He shares that he used to visit Springdale as a kid and never forgot it. He works for a venture capital firm scouting Springdale as a lucrative tourist destination. Brad and Nell have sparks of a connection. Upon arrival at the inn, Emmett surprises Nell by being at their car when they are getting out, and Emmett mistakenly assumes that Nell and Brad are together, but invites them to join him for a grand tour of Springdale the next day. 
But while Brad pitches his Springdale development plans to Mayor Jenkins, Emmett is getting a personal tour just for Nell, which starts at Main Street in Springdale. Paige Turner Books is at the very end of the street. So as they walk there, they meet Mrs. Ferguson, who runs the town, Steve, who is Haley's husband, who owns the hardware store. This is the kind of town where Mrs. Ferguson invites you over for tea. These two clearly still have feelings for one another as they're walking and catching up in this festive street. Nell gets a tour of Paige Turner books and Emmett reveals he still remembers end of story is her most common saying. Nell goes Christmas shopping on her own for Caroline's kids at a toy store and runs into Haley, Emmett's employee she's met briefly, and an adorable girl named Marnie who she misunderstands and is surprised to find out is Emmett's daughter. Marnie and Nell part ways, but they say they look forward to seeing each other at the tree lighting where Nell will be reading an excerpt of her book. So at the tree lighting, just before her reading, Nell finds out that Marnie is actually Emmett's niece, not his daughter. He had written her a long letter explaining that his sister and brother-in-law died in a car accident. He left everything immediately to take custody of Marnie and to take care of his sister Paige's bookstore, which has been in the family for generations and is also intended to be passed on to Marnie. And that's why he left so abruptly. So before Nell is brought up for the tree lighting in her book reading, Mayor Jenkin reveals there are plans for development and improvements. And thanks to an influx of capital, this year's Christmas Eve potluck will be catered. There are no need for town crockpots. There's a hint of a revolt from the townspeople when there's this talk of changing tradition. And Emmett tells them to calm down. And in the spirit of welcoming improvements, he insists they allow Nell the honor of flipping the tree lighting switch. After said honor, Nell reads her excerpt that opens with, One breakup had been enough. Amanda had locked her heart and thrown away the key. The town itself was picking the lock and references to the one who got away, who no one could ever measure up to, while she looks longingly at Emmett. Then Brad accompanies Nell during the book signing, following the book reading, and is very caring. And Nell reveals she's torn between Brad and Emmett, and we have a low-key love triangle. The next day, while waiting for Emmett to take her to the radio show interview for her book, Marnie and Nell bond over their stories of losing their parents prematurely, and Nell shows Marnie her locket with pictures of her parents inside. Nell joins Emmett and Marnie for many Christmassy activities, including decorating a tree, which leads up to the gingerbread house contest. But during the gingerbread contest, Nell is unimpressed and slightly bothered by Brad's pitches to buy up the town's shops. So Emmett ends up walking Nell back to the inn in a magical snowy night and just outside the inn he asks if Ned will read some of his writing and they exchange hopes of keeping in touch and almost kiss. But they don't and she promises that she will read his new writing on the plane. But she doesn't end up getting on that plane because Caroline's family is so sick she doesn't have anywhere to go for Christmas now. So of course, she ends up staying in Springdale for Christmas and Nell offers to take Marnie ice skating and Marnie helps Nell learn how to skate. A beautiful bonding experience. So when Nell brings Marnie home, she agrees to go with Emmett to a book club and we see the token Asian as Marnie's babysitter. While Emmett takes Nell to the book club, they talk about getting to know each other as they set up. Nell talks about her hobbies of softball and going to the theater. Emmett says Springdale is putting on a production of My Fair Lady in the spring. Wouldn't that be lovely? And they almost kiss again, but everyone else walks in. The book club ends up talking mostly about Brad's proposals and offers, their strife and division amongst them. Nell and Emmett are in a carriage ride after the book club. The small town in real life was even better than it was in Nell's imagination. So we see her being so inspired after this book club, writing in bed, covered with three by five cards and her laptop. We also see Marnie reading and loving Nell's book before bedtime. 
Haley goes into labor a month early, so the town is going to help prep for mom and baby coming home. The baby's name is Eve because she's a Christmas Eve miracle. Haley was no secret Santa, so she gets to be there, and we see that she made her a blank baby scrapbook. At the Christmas potluck that looks too polished, stuffy, and boring, and not well attended, we find out that everyone needs to sell their shop together in order for Brad's vision to work. The offers are just simply too big to turn down, and now the town is trying to convince Emmett to sell also. Nell finds Brad's iPad and is visibly upset at the plan, but Brad had already checked out. Nell gives Marnie a gift even though she's not her secret Santa. Marnie says she will wait until Christmas morning to open it. Emmett looks at Brad's offer and almost gives in until Nell loses it on him. She shows Emmett Brad's plan on the iPad and storms off. Emmett tells the town what happened and they all rip up Brad's offers, but Nell had already left upset and she's packing up to leave earlier than planned. The town opens up Christmas presents together on Christmas morning. Brad and his colleagues decide to change the plan and help Springdale in their own way. Emmett runs to the inn to find Nell, but she already checked out. Luckily, when he runs out of the inn in defeat, she's standing at her rental car because she's stuck after she ran over a pothole. Nell finds out that she saved the day and is so happy the town didn't take the offers. Nell tells Emmett, you don't have to explain yourself. I don't care what the letter says. What matters is you're here now. End of story. Emmett says, I would still like to take you on that date. There's a cute ask out. And the finally ending Hallmark kiss. But wait, there's more. Nell joins Emmett and Marnie Christmas morning, just in time for Marnie to open the gift from her, which is a locket just like hers. Nell opens a gift from Emmett to find an ornament with a picture of Nell and Emmett that says to be continued. And that's the official end of story. Wow. Great job. (laughs) What a movie. Let me just say what a movie. Okay, let's go into the <laughs> let's go into the ratings because I'm so interested, Nini, to hear <laughs> what you gave this movie because I have so many thoughts. So, um, so like usual, we have four different ratings that we like to give the movies, and it's out of ten bobas. So we have our writing, our characters, how funny it was, and our overall rating. So, Nini, writing. Out of 10 bobas, what do you give Small Town Christmas? Okay. I felt like I kind of went with how I rated for Fourth Down in Love. And so I gave it five bobas because I feel neutral. I feel like Mm. "Eh, it's not bad. It's not good. But then as I did the summary, I ended up giving it a seven because I (laughs) felt like they wrote in some real stuff. In a not so intense way, and we'll get to that later. Okay, <laughs> I was very close. We were very, we're we're very similar on this. I gave it a six. I yeah. gave the writing, I gave the writing a six. So I think it was it was solid. It was middle of the road. Um, yes. Now characters, I know, or you're a Christopher <laughs> Palala fan, aren't you? I am. I'm a fan because I love who he is in real life. Mm. I love that he um, he's one of the few that when you watch him in different movies, he feels like a different character. Gotcha. But then when I heard his George Bailey impression, I can't get it out of my head. So not every time I see him or hear him, all I hear is George Bailey now. From A Wonderful Life, if 
you don't know who that is. That's really funny. Okay. Exactly. I gave this movie a five for characters. I know that's also very <sighs> low. I really like Christopher Palaha, but I don't know how I felt about Ashley Newbro, uh, the, the woman that played Nell. I personally did not feel a strong chemistry between these two. And when I think about Roadhouse Romance, we're going back. Yes. Um, I don't know if Roadhouse Romance will be out by the time this podcast comes out. But if you've seen it, you know that the chemistry between Lauren Elena and Tyler Hines is so strong. True. So the chemistry between Nell and Emmett, to me, pales in comparison. Um so I gave it I gave it a five. You gave the characters a five? I gave the characters a five. All of them were very middle of the road to me. It's true. It's true. But you're right. I guess I do like Christopher Palaha. So I gave it a seven. <laughs> I just I'm love not him surprised. and his family. They're quality people. And I love what he does. His work is important. So mm. anyhow, let's move on, shall we? Okay. How funny was this movie to you? I mean, it's not a comedy. It wasn't written as a comedy. So, like, to be honest, I don't really know that I laughed. Okay. At I'm all. so glad you said that. <laughs> okay. So, what is your, how many bobas? Well, so I, it's cute. It's a five. There are no laughs. It's neutral. Again, it's middle of the mm. road because it's just meant to be like adorbs, you know? Like, it's sure. kawaii. That's how we say cute in Japanese. It's a kawaii movie, it's a typical Hallmark. I gave it a five. I feel like maybe there should be some trigger warnings, even though they didn't do it so intensely. But yeah, it's not a comedy. I don't know. I don't even feel like I can give it bobas because it's just not fair. Yeah, I, I gave it a three because I, I don't know if I laughed. You're right. There was these cute moments where you're like, mm, but I don't know if I like actually let out an LOL. Like, I don't think yeah. so. No. Okay, so overall... Your rating and feelings. Ended up giving it a seven bobas because it's your <laughs> it's your run of the mill mm. Hallmark movie. You could turn it on and you smile at it. You don't laugh at it. You smile mm -hmm. at it, but you're smiling, so it's a glimmer. But it's not one that I'm going to watch over and over again. Gotcha. Okay, I definitely gave it a five because again, there were many things that I think made this movie cute. And it had the makings of a good movie. Like, it really did. Yeah. But it was just a very mellow plot. And going back to what you've always said, like, the high wasn't very high. The low wasn't very low. Even the villain wasn't very villainous. Like, it just was mellow. To me, this is the definition of the background Hallmark movie. Yes, 100%. Which is, but I feel like it's a good background <laughs> so that's my seven I think I think my overall rating basically will be um if while I'm doing the plot summary if it's so not memorable that I'm having trouble doing the plot summary mm. that's <laughs> like that's... if I can't remember the order of things that happen it's not so memorable so maybe my overall should be lower but like I said I like Miss Palaha so it's a seven it's gonna <laughs> stay there all right so now we're getting down to where we actually break scripts with our four segments, starting with what's love got to do with it. This is our glimmers, what we love, and we break down the romantic and family relationships. So Lala, what did you think? What were your first thoughts? 
Okay, so I, I really only have one glimmer. I, I know that's me being harsh on this movie, but I really did love the setting. I have always mm. said, if I had a different life and <laughs> a different career, I would love to open a business. I would love for it to be a bookstore slash gift shop and offer wrapping. I love wrapping <laughs> gifts is like a puzzle for me. It's like what opens my window. It's something that I love. Like literally people don't have to pay me to wrap their Christmas gifts. Like I will pay them to Ooh, let me good tip. Wrap, Y'all hear this? <laughs> to wrap their <laughs> gifts. I even would love to like create my own wrapping paper, but that's another side <gasps> business conversation. But so the setting for me is something that I really loved. I loved that everyone gathered at the bookstore. It kind of was this place of warmth and comfort. Um, and I thought it just was overall feel good. I did really like the um, it's a wonderful life kind of vibes in there. Totally. A hundred percent. And I love doing this. I, lo- I didn't know that about you. Was that inspired by your time working at the Hallmark? What was the name of that? HMK. You know, yes. that's where my gift wrapping love started. So back in the day, I worked at HMK in Kansas City. It was a flagship store. Hallmark was trying something new and it was the only one. I think they opened up another one in Texas later on. Uh, but one of the big things was they offered specialty gift wrapping. And when I say specialty, it would be like embellishments and beautiful ribbons. And one of my favorite things, there was these lovely ladies who taught me how to gift wrap and it was just my absolute favorite thing and to this day my favorite one of my favorite things about Christmas is just wrapping presents and I don't know it to me the wrapping and how I wrap it is part of the gift to I love that so oh this is such a glimmer <laughs> it's like years ago we didn't know we would end up doing a whole podcast and share these glimmers I know. <laughs> oh my gosh okay I love it you're right this honestly besides the feels of I loved how a lot of scenes had the snow globe type feel because they had the falling yes. snow and that just mm-hmm. adds so much magic to it and I'm sure it's probably not easy acting in midst of said fake snow mm-hmm um, but that gave me so much glimmers and probably the only other glimmer was when they mentioned my fair lady, because it's my absolute <gasps> yes. favorite. I know. Audrey I Hepburn. love that. <laughs> right. Such a good so, reference. I'm a huge Audrey Hepburn fan and I watched that movie over and over and over again. I could basically recite that movie and sing all the songs. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I felt like when you get to breaking down the romantic and family relationships, um, again, with the writing, with your typical run-of-the-mill Hallmark movie, like, they're not going to give you too much details to get too triggered, right? So mm-hmm. I felt like with Nell and her parents, with as much information as we got, with a little information that we got, I didn't feel like they necessarily had a relationship where she would have her parents' pictures in a locket. Yeah, I agree. There was some missing links for me in Nell's backstory with that yeah and it was just sad like Mm -hmm. when they were alive they were too busy to have holiday tradition so like she doesn't even have any of her own even from when they were around Mm -hmm. um so that felt sad but then on the bright side to see Emmett and his relationship with his sister and his niece 
Mm-hmm. I mean, thinking about this, like for a brother to be able to drop everything and leave and take immediate custody of a niece is huge. I like, know. I loved that relationship. I did think it was really sweet. It was incredible. It's not just sweet, like as a parent, that's huge. And then when he explains how he didn't have the capacity to text a coworker that he was about to take on a first date, you guys, that is so real in grief. There's physiological Mm. aspects. There's brain fog. There's so much to handle after death. Um, I just, I appreciated that that was part of the script. And sometimes I wonder, sometimes in these podcast interviews with the Hallmark actors, they mention how they change the script like on the spot to make Mm. it a little more relatable and believable where there aren't as many plot holes and they have to like Mm. pick their battles. I sometimes wonder like, Hey, did Christopher put that in himself? So anyways, Mm. I just, I thought that was real. Um, so yeah. And I did it honestly, again, one of those like middle of the road, great background Hallmark movies, but it gives you just enough feels to calm your nervous system down. I didn't have much to comment about Nell and Brad or Nell and Emmett. Mm. The only thing that I would say is I just felt like there wasn't a lot of substance or foundation to Mm -hmm. Emmett and Nell's relationship to begin with. Exactly. So it felt like, to me, you're coworkers, but you never went on a date. So I'm like trying to think of myself in that you haven't established any type of relationship. So seeing each other, I feel like they put a lot of weight in the storyline on this relationship that really had no foundation to yeah. begin with. Yes. Um, but I, I, I get it. It does make for a nice story. But when you really think about it, would you feel awkward seeing someone that you kind of worked with? I mean, I, I, I guess I understand what they were trying to do. But I wish there was maybe a little more foundation to it. It's true. It's like they worked together. And I mean, there's probably a level of chemistry that happens when you're working together, especially in writing and writing stories together. But to be at a place where you haven't even had a chance, it didn't even get to the place of having a DTR yet. Like, yeah. But it's cute how supportive and encouraging they are of each other. Yeah. I think Brad was really not a thing. So, no. It, it's true. I, I think I'm wondering if this makes a good example of one of those movies where that Hallmark does where things move really fast. Because in yes. real life, you worked with somebody, you meet up with them, you never dated them. Yeah, no DTR. And then all of a sudden, you begin this relationship. I think in real life, people would be waving a red flag. Uh, <laughs> he just He just left, you know, grief or not she's on the other side she doesn't understand um yeah but I what I will say is that I appreciated because of this and because of the lack of foundation that they the movie didn't end with them getting married oh praise the lord (laughs) absolutely there are those though and I know there are times in life where we need to be like oh everything happens like fairy tale yeah sure but it, in real life, it's not okay. It's like huge red flags, red flags. <laughs> yeah, and I think when you're dealing with the theme of trauma to just end in a wedding, I don't know if it feels fitting. It's not. It's not okay, folks. It's not okay. Which is, we could just go right in. 
talking about red flags to our, <laughs> yeah, don't go chasing waterfalls, unhealthy behaviors, coping mechanisms. I just kind of had one big one here okay, that I wanted to point out. I mean, obviously Nell shutting down her heart, we can mm-hmm. talk about, but you guys don't be so down on yourself with coping mechanisms. Be kind to yourself because that's the only way to overcome them. Um, she needed to, it was okay that she did that. It made sense. You make sense. I feel like is the theme of our (laughs) podcast episode today. Whoever, apparently someone needs to hear that today because that keeps coming up. But my biggest one is observing Marnie, the Mm. kid who is an overachiever after her parents passed. And obviously she and Emmett still have a very healthy relationship, but something there was trauma in that child. And so I think it's really important to recognize that even after trauma happens, when you have these children who seem to be behaving incredibly well, um, doesn't necessarily mean that everything is okay. And they Mm -hmm. still need a safe space to express themselves when they're ready. Mm -hmm. That was my main thing because she's always concerned about being perfect and staying Mm -hmm. ahead. That was the biggest thing that stood out to me. Yeah, and I think even Emmett talked about how Marnie doesn't want to be a burden. And I think what a weight for a child to carry. And you're right, that that probably was the most glaring one. I think just to touch on it, Brad, he wasn't really a villain. I have him in this category, but (laughs) he wasn't he wasn't really a villain. He wasn't really the bad guy. Like he wasn't a narcissist. He wasn't a crazy sociopath or anything like that. He was just I don't he was trying to do his job. Uh, But he ends up being really happy to preserve the town. And he's kind of a pushover. So I just thought we'd (laughs) throw it in there because I I think maybe when you watch these movies, they have to choose someone obvious. But in this case, again, the villain wasn't so villainous. He was actually kind of a good guy. <laughs> yeah, it happens. They're innocuous. But in mm-hmm. real life, it could go either way, y'all. It could so go true. either way. <laughs> All right. Well, oi with the poodles already. This was a really long list for me, as it usually is. Same. <laughs> I narrowed it down to three. <laughs> oh, good for you. I know. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> okay, before we start with the negatives, I just have to, I have an appreciation in this. <gasps> Yes. Which I thought we could start with because there's never really an appreciation. But in the carriage ride, when Nell is talking to Emmett about about doing what would make him happy, you can see see condensation when they talk as if it's cold. Right? I'm like, wow, it's either really cold there or the CGI is really good because I couldn't (laughs) tell. So, you know, so many times that's my one pet peeve is like, Sometimes Hallmark just like just a little, just a little more effort in that continuity of the seasons. Like I get it, yeah. you're filming on a quick type timeline, but I just had to say like I really appreciated that. <laughs> I it's believed hilarious. it was winter. I believed it was Christmas. I love it, and maybe it was. I don't actually know with this one. Sometimes it is like legit snowing. <laughs> I love it. Well, my first one. It's really innocuous. Actually, most of them I picked the innocuous ones. But when Emmett is giving Nell a tour of Paige Turner Bookstore, and it's really cute because he's showing her how, like, it's organized in a really unique way under mm-hmm. categories that don't make sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he says, look, we even have this abs- absurdly large welcome sign. 
for her. And he points to a trifold science project board. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, come on, guys. Can't we do better? I mean, (laughs) splurge on a banner. (laughs) Um. And how do you have a secret Santa for an entire town? I mean, Stars Hollow was a small town in Gilmore's Girl. They could not have done a secret Santa for the entire town of Stars Hollow. That was one of mine. And also, (laughs) I don't know about anyone else, but secret Santa, I hate it. It makes me so nervous. I'm always worried about picking somebody that I don't know. And like, what am I going to get them? Are they really going to like it? Like, it is Stressful. not it's not good for people pleasers because all you want to yeah. do is buy somebody the perfect gift. I do not like Secret Santa. Like yeah, we same. do it as a family and I set up an Elfster. If you don't know what Elfster is, it's this great uh online tool. You can do Secret Santa. People can put their wish list and you can buy and mark stuff off and they can't see. Um and it's wonderful. But we'll Secret link it Santa, in the show notes. Oh, that's stuff. a great idea. I know. Um, but Secret Santa, blind? No. No. Oh, my gosh. A nightmare for me. Yeah, it's so true. I'm totally between the yellow and red zone. <laughs> um, <laughs> it stresses me out, too. But I love gift giving. But it does stress me out when it's Secret Santa. Yeah, for sure. I uh, 100%. You are seen. That is me. I love to get gifts. Don't want to participate in Secret Santa. I'll buy everyone a gift. But I just don't want it to be Secret Santa. Yeah. Okay. I had one. It goes. It's going back to Marnie. Um, and I, I think it was, so it's touching on the trauma and I, I think this was just Hallmark not thinking this through, Mm. but as much as Marnie didn't want to be a burden, she was always getting babysat by someone else. (laughs) It's true. And I was like, I, he's a great uncle. He's very present, but you're painting him out to just be pawning her off to people in the town. I just... It, it it just, to me, was a little bit off-putting, but I know that wasn't their intention. Yeah. I also, I've never experienced a small town like that, so maybe it is a lot more like, the only thing I have to compare it to is being a part of like a small Taiwanese church where mm. I didn't even realize for a really long time that I wasn't blood-related to most of the church because you call <laughs> everyone IE and uncle and you don't know their mm. first name. Um, and so... I don't know. I felt like you could compare it to that where maybe it's not a burden. Like people just float around because they're family. Who knows? True. But I get that. It's true. She was passed around quite a lot. And he works in a bookstore. She could have just stayed in the bookstore the whole time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My last one isn't even really one. I don't know if it's worth mentioning. But does anybody even scrapbook like that anymore? <laughs> I did think that that was such a interesting gift i don't think so because you know what the thing is now it's those um those photo books that you can just order right you can send your photos from your phone to the company and they'll send you a book and it's basically like a scrapbook like so you're asking this new mom to print out her pictures and glue them to a book no she's gonna upload them to instagram and make a chat book like what's happening I know so but I love it gave me the feels though I was torn I was like this is annoying with the poodles but I remember we had this lovely little I don't was it a tea shop I don't even remember it was huge it was a store it was a scrap scrapbook only store scrapbook huge store 
but you could book events and there was like a place for people to scrapbook and we'd go in our pajamas and we'd pull an overnighter <laughs> and my best friend and I at the time would spend an entire night working on one page while everyone else finished an entire book. <laughs> Actually, that is so funny because I remember one of the clubs at school, we had clubs, was scrapbooking yeah. club. And but that was in you the nineties. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if anyone is still doing that. But speaking of pictures, my last kind of, you know, plot hole or just wait what? I have to say if I got a picture of me and my crush that said, be continued, I don't know if I would be thrilled. Like, maybe it should have said meant to be, true love, mm. or something like that. But to be continued, dot, 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 no. Ouch. That, I don't know if I love that. That's a big one. I didn't even <laughs> catch that. They were just trying to be clever and use something from previously happened in the script. Or like, they, you know what they should have? It should have been, it should, he should have said the journey begins or something like that. Mm. To be continued feels like we're, we're pushing we're not pause. Sure. Yes. <laughs> that really, it's, I, if my husband gave that to me, no, just never. No. No, it's a nope. A big a nope. Nope. Well, yeah. that leads us to Jayo fighting happily ever after what we think happens after the movie who we are rooting for because this is the run in the middle middle of the road it didn't inspire much creative juices for me i just again i can't get george bailey out of my head every time we see christopher falaha and it doesn't help that there's previews for built more christmas like over and over again that's coming up for this <laughs> new countdown for christmas and he's like really leaning heavily into the george mm. bailey character there and so i'm just it's stuck in my head i just would love to have a wonderful life version of what happens if they continue it's like a choose your own adventure mm. which i've actually never watched what are those have you done one of those on netflix where you can like choose your own ending no so I don't even know how that works. I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one for Puss in Boots, and that's the only one I know. But, um, there's, It's like, you know, a wonderful life version of choose your own adventure. Hmm. And there's, you know, different um, plots of how George, not George, see, now I'm messing it up. No, Chris, Christopher Falaha will forever be George Bailey in my mind now. Um, how Emmett. Marnie and Nell have like these alternative routes that they can go mm. on. Do they keep the bookstore? Idea. Do they not? Do they end up being together? What if um, Nell did get the letter back in the day? Like, you know, have like, hmm. I don't know, five different routes people can choose. That's a great idea. I love that you said you weren't really inspired because I literally wrote <laughs> this movie didn't inspire me. <laughs> no but. I created, this was my thought, okay? Nell writes a new book called A Real Small Town Christmas. Ooh, documenting like her real experience in Springdale. Uh, yeah. At the same time, Emmett becomes a children's book author. I'm thinking yes. like Robert Munch type of author. Ooh. Um, they continue living in Springdale, raising Marnie, and have a very stable non-inspiring life <laughs> <laughs> that's like way more inspired than my idea I love it no um I'm but if I'm being frank I'm not really interested in a follow-up I'm I'm good yeah. with this movie where it's We're at. good 
It's mm-hmm. done. No sequels needed here, no. <laughs> Hallmark. We'll let you know when we need a sequel. Exactly. So we didn't have any favorite quotes either. <laughs> That's where we are with this one. It was cute. It's great for a background movie. But I will say, because of the fact that so many of these first movies that we watched and reviewed have some type of underlying theme that goes along with grief, I just wanted to mention, I highly recommend the Grief Recovery Handbook. And this isn't just for death and divorces, even though they do highlight those. This is for any significant change in life, whether you move to a different location or there's a change in career. Those are all big things. Um, Like I said, you make sense. Don't tell yourself, it doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. I should get over it by now. Allow yourself to be kind to yourself and just get curious about what you're feeling. And that's the only way through. So end of story end of story. Well, thank you so much for breaking script with us today. Check out our show notes for how and when to watch these movies and for Elfster. And be sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Bye. Fighting. Fighting.